Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. This is Umar Hamid, your host, and welcome to the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategies, and advice on how to make you better, stronger, faster. Get ready for another episode. Today, I have the privilege of sitting down with John McGrath, CEO of Advantage Engineers. Welcome to the program. Thanks, Umar. Very happy to be here. John, right now, you guys are heavily into the telecommunications space. Yep. We provide telecommunications uh, infrastructure engineering. We also do geotechnical and environmental. That's another division of ours. So one of the things that really interests me is uh, the team that you've built what kind of culture you want to build, what you've built, and kind of what are the challenges to, to make that happen? Yeah, so the, the industry that we work in is a very fast-paced industry. <clears throat> you know, there's you have to be very reactive. So you need people who have a drive to, you know, serve our customers, serve each other and the company, and really, you know, strive to be the best. So what we've tried to do is hire people and develop people who have those innate abilities. And we try to support people and, and give them opportunities to take on more responsibility and promote people from within, and then really foster their development and uh, reward that kind of behavior that we, we strive to develop in people. How does that pan out practically day to day? Because one of the biggest challenges for for leaders is how do I keep the culture where I want it to be? And it's like a daily challenge. So, so talk to me about some of the challenges and some of the successes. Right. So, you know, ten years ago, uh, nine years ago, when we started this company, I knew everybody in the company by name. Uh, yes. I saw them regularly. What was the headcount? Back then, when we first started, it was about 60 people. And now? And now we're 340. Oh, yeah. So, you know, spread out over 17 offices, over seven different states. So uh, it's difficult to be in touch with people. So you do need to make sure that you create a message and cascade it down through the the organization. And you have people who will carry that message on. Nice. Um, we do work a lot on that, on the communication. It can always be better and trying to find the balance of, you know, there's always going to be some people who <clears throat> who want to know everything. Yes. And there are going to be some people who, you know, only want to hear from you every once in a while. Trying to find the balance between those two and reach as many people and find that comfort level with them, that's the challenge. So last year in 2018, you guys did an acquisition? We did. What was that like in terms of, you know, I'm sure they had their own culture and way of doing things, and mm-hmm. now they're joining your family. Yep. What's that journey been like, and what were the concerns before you uh, acquired them? So the acquisition process was uh, a longer one than, than we expected, and a lot of that had to do with uh, that management team and, and ours sort of feeling each other out and getting mm-hmm. to know one another. It was important that we did that. It was actually a larger acquisition than we had planned to do. We were looking at some smaller ones. Uh, it was also on the other side of the country, so you know just that distance creates challenges but they had a great culture um, and still do and we've incorporated some of their culture into ours and we're you know merging the two cultures not coming in and saying this is how we're doing things right you know integration you know as of companies there's you know there's process and policy that you need to integrate but the culture you know you have to be willing to uh, to learn from what other people have done and how they've been successful and what they've been able to do with their team and adopt the best parts of that and that's that's what we're trying to do. 
Is their CEO still around? He is, yes. He's actively involved in the in the business. He's uh, running the West Coast operations for us, and he and I talk regularly and have a great relationship. So what's been the biggest surprise for you in this acquisition, what you thought it would be and what it turned out to be? You know, I think the biggest surprise is the the just the, the what we talked talked about before being able to get in touch with people and and mm-hmm. you know some people desire more and more contact and that's hard to do when you know there are those all these many offices people, yeah. yep. uh, and and we've had you know some some growing pains in the last year or two you know we're managing growth elsewhere so that's that's been difficult and we want to make sure we get out and see people as much as possible um, you know the other thing is uh, you know the the it, it's always easy to underestimate people's uh, uh, unwillingness to change or, or fear of change is yes. a better way of putting it. And that's not everyone, but there are going to be some people who, you know, when they're comfortable, any kind of change, it may even be for the better, it just is not, it doesn't feel good to them. And managing that process and managing people's emotions and, and, uh, and, and how we roll out changes that's been uh, a bit of a challenge, but I think we've done a great job of overcoming it with some of our, our management team. For other leaders listening to this, uh, if you were doing the, here are the three or four things you need to really be aware of when you're acquiring another company, off the top of your head, what would they be? Make sure you... Well, I would say absolutely make sure that you uh, understand the culture. And it doesn't have to be a cultural fit perfectly, mm-hmm. right? There's there's no two families that are the same. There's no two companies that are the same. There's no two people that are the same. Right. But plenty of people get along and, and, and merge, you know, into couples and companies do the same thing. So, um, but making sure there's an understanding of what the culture is. And we, we did that. We spent a lot nice. of time doing that. Um, the other thing you need to think about is, is what parts of your culture you are you know you have to keep and what you have to make sure remain part of the company and other parts that you think you know can be improved upon or can be merged uh, with the other company Um, and the third thing I would say is that you know make time you have to make time Uh, and that's hard you know when you're trying to do everything else and trying to manage a growing company but that time is important so let's change topics. Uh, something exciting for a lot of people is the promise of 5G mm-hmm. networks coming in. Give us a snapshot of what is 5G, and then we'll talk about how this impacts your company. Right. So 5G is essentially it's the fifth generation 5G. It's the next generation of wireless technology. And really what it's going to do is increase exponentially the speed of wireless connectivity. So 4G, you know, which most of us have on our smartphones now, uh, you, know, you can go look up something on your, your phone when you're out in the street and you get it pretty quickly. Uh, but if you try to download a song or music or, 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 a video. or a video of some sort, you know, sometimes it takes a little longer. 5G is really the next phase where it's going to be much faster, up to 100 times faster. Now that's, you know, yet to be proven out in the real world mm-hmm. because they're just starting to build the 5G networks. But the promise is up to 100 times faster. And the connectivity is going to be, at least in major urban areas, going to be, um, it's going to take some time to build it out, probably a five to 10 year build out. But uh, that connectivity is going to be everywhere. We won't have as many drop calls because it's going to be on a smaller network. In other words, less tower sites and more small cells, so along the roadways. Um, So what does that do for us? Well, it gives us better connectivity, but it also moves into the area of uh, the Internet of Things, IoT, Mm -hmm. um, into driverless uh, vehicles, autonomous vehicles. 
everything that uh, is going to be connected to the the internet or or some sort of a network is going to be done wirelessly in the future. So that's what 5G is going to to do. That's the promise of 5G. There's a lot of work to get there, though. Just in terms of uh, megabits per second, what are we talking about? Uh, I think we're talking about uh, 100 megabits 100 megabits? Okay, that would be impressive. Yep. As a a company that supports the telecommunications industry, Mm -hmm. how does that factor into your planning? Because it's still nebulous now, but you need to plan for it. Yep. So talk to me about envisioning the future in that way. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely coming into clarity now. Uh, But 5G has been, you know, you, you, you said it right, the promise of 5G. There's been a promise of 5G and discussion of 5G for probably about the last three years. Right. And there were technological challenges and, and you know, hurdles that they had to get over. Uh, but even at the beginning of last year, in 2018, they talked about, oh, 2018 will be the year of 5G. Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't, um, but now it's definitely starting to be built out, and the, you know the the carriers, the major wireless carriers, are starting to commit capex to it. So we have a little bit better visibility, um, but not not perfect visibility. So we have to glean as much information as we can, uh, both from our clients and our you know uh, industry colleagues, industry analysts, and then do our own evaluation as to what that means to us and right. what we can do to. To, you know, capture the opportunities, uh, but also be careful not to get out too far ahead of it, right? We have to manage our growth and be responsible in our growth uh, because it's great to chase after that bright, shiny object, but uh, if you chase after it too quickly, you might trip and fall. And there's a phrase from Silicon Valley, it's great to be on the leading edge, but not the bleeding edge. Yes, exactly. Right, and that's a great way to put it. How do you maintain relationships with large accounts where you're seen more as a partner, where you come into their planning of things? How do you make that happen? And do you do it directly or do you have to get some of your charges to go do it? For them to do it, do you coach them on it? Yeah. So, you know, again, it used to be, you know, when we first started this company, company, smaller company. I was one. I was a primary contact with all the clients, and uh, now that's changed. Right, I'm further removed. So yes, we have, you know, uh, at the regional level, we have project managers and uh, other client managers who are in regular contact with the the customer. Uh, but we're trying to develop a relate the relationships. Mm-hmm. We have some relationships at the national level now. So that does two things for us. It gives us an opportunity to get better information about what they're planning, right? So we can respond more quickly to their needs, uh, and it also gives us an opportunity to weigh in on uh, providing our expertise, our consulting to what that means for them and how we can help them mm-hmm. plan for their next phase of build out. As you look out to the future of your company, it's a good company, but you're probably seeing a great company. Mm-hmm. What does that look like as you guys grow and you get more people coming in? How do you want the company to evolve? You know, I, I want us to be, you know, we're, we're striving for excellence, right? And not perfection, but excellence. And, you know, that, again, gets back to the people that we're hiring and supporting the people that we have and giving them the opportunity to, to do more. Um, and then rewarding them for promotions and, and you know, other rewards. So what we want it to look like is, you know, people love to come to work. Mm-hmm. People, feel, you know, work hard, but at the end of the day, feel like they've accomplished something. And they've contributed something to not only the company, but the, the you know, the world at large. And people say, well, you know, your smartphone, what are, you know, what are you contributing? And I remind people on a regular basis that, you know, 
when I was growing up, I was a kid, and I, I saw a terrible accident one time, and we were stuck in traffic mm-hmm. because of it. And, you know, I remember vividly somebody running past us on the, the, the road to run back to a gas station that was about to make a know, phone call? 20, 20 blocks back to make a phone call from a payphone. Well, you know, now when things happen, you know, people have their phones. They can call. They can, you know, they, the, the, the you know, even, the, you know, so that's a, that's a, you know, a big scary thing you know, it, it helps us with. But, you know, taking pictures of your, your kids and sending them to the grandparents or yeah, things amazing. like that. It's amazing that we can do that. And we're playing a role in that, you know, you know, a smaller role, but we're playing a role and it's a significant role when you t- take it on individually. I saw this company, I forget the name of it right now, their solution was patient goes into the hospital for diabetes. Mm-hmm. When they get released, there's a high likelihood they're going to be back. And when they come back, it's going to be $15,000 a day expense. And so what this company does is they uh, give everybody a smartphone, a scale to weigh themselves that's Bluetooth enabled, mm-hmm. a glucose monitor, and a blood pressure monitor. And so every day they basically check in on those devices. It beams the information to HQ. And if they didn't do it that day, uh, they get a call from a coach saying, hey, what's going on? And they're reducing hospital visits like radically. And it would not be possible if it wasn't for the connected smartphone. Right. Yeah. And it, it does have an amazing health uh, implication. You know, I'm wearing a, an Apple Watch and I signed up for the, the, the heart study. Yes. It's an international heart study using uh, smart watches. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's there several instances where, you know, that connectivity has saved people's lives. You know, that they've been alerted that their, you know, heart rhythm is wrong and, you know, they goes right to their phone and they they can call somebody. So it's a it's an amazing time for the type of technology. That yeah, we live with. in this amazing world. I heard this one uh, company, what they're doing is they have uh, Fitbits, quote unquote, mm-hmm. for cows. <laughs> And so the interesting part was this. Number one, the cows can go milk themselves whenever they want to. They just, when they're ready to milk, they go in. I heard something about that as well, yes. But the thing that uh, made me, uh, just amazed me was they monitor the gait of the cow. They can tell if a cow is getting sick and what the sickness is, usually a week or so before it would have been normally diagnosed. So just by monitoring that data, and that's all comes from being connected. Fascinating times. They should just follow the cows on Instagram. They'd know sooner. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here's a silly cow thing. What's the difference between a cow that's named and one that isn't named? 60 gallons of milk a year. More production if you name it Gladys or whatever. Really? You talk to it. Hey, Gladys, how you doing today? That that, that goes to, you know, uh, appreciating and having a connection to your, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Before we part company, if you were advising a new CEO on a startup that they've got this idea and they're getting their first staff coming on board to make this happen. What would be the uh, few things that they should keep an eye on that would allow them to shorten the cycle to building a great company? You know, I think you need to make a connection with people. Absolutely. Um, and there's and uh, cows. And cows, that's right. Um, but, you know, again, it goes back to the time, making yep. that time. That's time well spent. If you spend 15, 20 minutes with some of your key people, not even talking about, you know, the business or their problems just getting to know them getting to connect with them about what's going on in their life on a regular basis you know once a week once a once a month whatever it is um one making sure that they know you really do care about them and it's you know it's important and 
two, just giving them the opportunity to develop that comfort level with you. So, you know, when they have bigger issues, whether it's at home or whether it's at work, they can come to you and say, hey, listen, I've got something going on. Here's what's happening. Uh, and really let them, you know, have that level of comfort that they can come to you. So time is a big thing. And then, you know, making sure you're setting the expectations. Um, Huge. It's, it's, it, it's incredibly important for everyone. And it makes your life a lot easier. So, and theirs too. So you can, when you do talk about their progress, you can look at it and say, are we meeting the goals that we set out? And when you do that, uh, it's an easy conversation, whether they are or whether they are not. You know, we have expectations and you're meeting them and that's great. Or, hey, you're meeting most of them, but there's a couple here that are falling short. Let's talk about those. Let's see what we can do to improve on those. Brilliant. John, thanks for sitting down with me. Umar, it was great. My pleasure. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 